a Christmas miracle. Well, hey, that's the name of our series, actually. Um, well, welcome to week two of, of Christmas Miracles. And uh, again, so glad that you have joined us. Uh, glad my, my mom and dad are here as well. Uh, we're going to start having kids productions every month just to get my mom and dad to come back, <laughs> visit us here, here in the Bay. Well, we are, are 10 days out from Christmas, and uh, there are some people among us that are just really good at giving gifts. Uh, some of you here, like you hear about some, a gift that someone would like in July, and like you order your gift super early. And whenever this time of the year comes around, like you are done, worry-free, no stress. How many of you are done with your Christmas shopping for the year? That's awesome. The rest of us are envious uh, of you. Uh, well, Tiffany actually informed me recently that I was done with her Christmas shopping. Um, she, I was like, hey, what do you want? She's like, you know what? Actually, you're, I'm good. You're done with me uh, for, for Christmas this year. There's a few things I needed. And so I just went ahead and got them. So I'm just going <laughs> to consider that's a gift from you for Christmas. And I thought, that is awesome. Like, that is the best news ever or the worst marital trap uh, ever set. Either way. <laughs> I'm just rolling with it. So thanks, babe. Uh, some funny letters uh, Santa gets this time of year. One kid wrote this. He said, dear Santa, uh, don't bring me, you didn't bring me anything good last year. You didn't bring me anything good the year before. This is your last chance. Signed, Alfred. <laughs> Alfred is playing hardball. Uh, this is my favorite. Dear Santa, there are three boys that live in this house. There's Jeffrey, he is two. There's David, he is four. There's Norman, he is seven. Jeffrey is good some of the time. David is good some of the time. Norman is good all the time. I am Norman. Well, last week we talked about how to ask for a miracle in this season. And today I want to talk to you about how to make way for a miracle in your life. And what we, we talked about at the core of this series is, is really this idea, this, this, this foundation of faith where we, we take a step back and we say, you know what, we believe that God, you hear us. You care for us, and you're willing to act on our behalf. And in the midst of the hustle, in the midst of the Christmas season, I want to talk to you today about how do we make way to experience a miracle in our, our life? How do we make way for that? So we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we're going to pick it up in verse 25. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn there. If you want to pull it up on a mobile device. Uh, also got some notes for you to follow along in your program. If you want to check these out, it has scripture references on there. We'll, we'll also have the, the verses on the screen. When we come to Luke chapter 2 and, and verse 25, we are past the birth of Jesus. Uh, it's not the traditional manger scene. Uh, Jesus has been born. In, in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 25, uh, Mary and, and Joseph, the, the earthly mother and father of Jesus, are taking him to the temple for this, this kind of dedication, as it were, this purification process. And Jesus is eight days old, and he has this encounter. This guy named Simeon uh, makes way for him to have this encounter with Jesus that really we all want. And here's what we read in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 25 through 26. It says, at that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Simeon simply means God's heard. God, God heard. God heard my prayer. God heard me. And uh, Simeon was eagerly waiting for the Messiah. That could literally be translated to the phrase that he was waiting for the consolation of the Messiah. He was waiting for the comfort of the Messiah. He was eagerly waiting for this. This was the headline of Simeon's life. He knew that something had to be done in his life that only God could do. 
And so that's our, our first fill in the blank. That's our first note that we want to take from this story and that, that Simeon, he prioritized his partnership with God. He was eagerly waiting for this long-awaited Messiah. He prioritized his relationship. And if we're going to experience a miracle in our life, then we need to prioritize our partnership as well. Uh, if you do a Google search of the top partners throughout uh, history, you'll get a long list of, of different characters that pop up. Uh, this first one here that you see behind me, some might, might think this is the best partnership of all time. Uh, Chewbacca and Han Solo, best partner of all time. Uh, if you're a Friends fan, you might think that Monica and Rachel are the best partners of all time. Uh, here's a Christmas combo, Rudolph and Santa, perhaps the best partners of all time. And then this, what I would say is the best partnership of all time. They don't call them the dynamic duo for no reason. I mean, Batman and Robin, best partnership of all time. When you think of God, when you think about your relationship with God, would you characterize it as a partner or more of a consultant? Is God like a partner in your life or is he more of a consultant? In your life, or perhaps for some of us here, we would say God is more of like a distant deity, like I believe He exists, but I'm not sure He's really involved in the details of of my life. Some of us would say God is my partner. Some of us would say God is my consultant. Some of us might say God is a distant deity. Uh, but here's the deal: God desires partnership personal relationship with each and every one of us. He desires more conversation than whenever that midterm hits our desk, right? We get that test, we're like, oh God, would you help me to know what I didn't study on this test? That would be awesome. Uh, for others of us, man, whenever we get on that airplane before the airplane takes off, right? We're like, God, like, we're good, right? If this plane goes down, I just want to make sure, make sure we're good. We're more of like a consultant, right? Not necessarily a partner in life, more of a consultant in life, but Simeon doesn't structure his life in that way. He, he prioritized his partnership. We see this. He's eagerly waiting for the comfort of the Messiah. He knew that life was more about, more than, than just buying stuff and selling stuff, more than just comfort, more than just pleasure, more than just pursuing romance. He knew that life had this deep need that only God could meet. So he was eagerly waiting for the comfort of the Messiah. I was thinking about that this week and in preparing for this. And, you know, sometimes, especially in Christmas season, it gets a little hectic, a little bit stressful. Uh, I don't know if that's true for you, uh, but for some of us, that's, that's true. And uh, I was up middle of the night and thinking about this passage in Joshua, Joshua 1.9. I might write this down. It's not in your notes, but, but in Joshua 1.9, uh, the Lord tells Joshua this, this command, actually, and I think it would be true for all of us. And here's what he says. He says, says uh, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What I'm realizing more and more in my life is that to the degree that I feel afraid, to the degree that I feel discouraged, is really the degree that I'm not focusing on who my partner really is. I'm losing sight. I'm losing perspective on how awesome God is. I'm losing perspective that he's with me no matter where I go. Because there's this promise in Isaiah, Isaiah 26.3, not in your notes either, might write it down. Isaiah 26.3, here's what it says. It says, you keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. 
Whenever I, whenever you fix your thoughts, when you prioritize your partnership with God, when you think about who your partner is in this life, it can bring peace into the present because he is so much bigger than any situation, any scenario that you and I will ever encounter in life. When I realize he's invited us into partnership with him, it just makes me think, God, this situation is so small compared to who you are. You're so awesome. You're so, so big. To help us frame that up, uh, I want to share with you a, a portion of this guy's sermon from S.M. Lockridge. Uh, but, but here's the deal. Whenever I talk about prioritizing your partnership, if you're like me, sometimes in life we can get at things backwards. And we can think, yeah, God, like you need me to partner with you. Like I'm doing you a favor because I set my alarm clock early to get up and pray. I, I, I'm doing you a favor because I'm partnering with you, right? But, but really when we see God as he is, we realize, oh, my gosh. What an honor that you would invite me to be a partner with you. Like you call the shots. You're the leader. You're the boss. You tell me what to do. I'm just honored that you would allow me to be in partnership with you. When we realize who he is, when we realize how big he is, how, how awesome he is. So there's this guy. His name's S.M. Lockridge. He's old school, old school Baptist preacher. But uh, he did a sermon. He entitled My King. And I want to read you just a portion of of what he wrote to help you realize just who this invitation, you, you, you get an invitation this Christmas, this gift, if you will, to partner uh, with God. And this is who your partner is. The Bible says, my king is king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of ages. He's the king of heaven and he's the king of glory. He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. And that's my king. And that's the king who invites you to partner with him. And I wonder, do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. And he desires to be your partner. Do you know him? Well, he's the greatest phenomenon to ever cross the horizon of the world. He's God's son. He's the sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled and he's unprecedented. He's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. And he's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. And I wonder, do you know him today? Well, he sympathizes and he, he supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and he sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick, cleanses the lepers, forgives the sinners, discharges the debtors, delivers the captive, defends the feeble, blesses the young, serves the unfortunate, regards the age and rewards the diligent, and he beautifies the meek. And I wonder if you know him today. Well, he's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. And he's the gateway to glory. I wonder if you're partnered with him today. Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes and his word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I wish I could describe him to you but he's indescribable, he's incomprehensible, he's invincible, and he's irresistible. You can't get him out of your minds, and you can't get him off your hands. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him, and that's my king, and he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I'm wondering if this mic's working today. <laughs> he's good. 
And here's the crazy thing. That king invites you to partner with him. He looks at you and says, we could be a dynamic duo. Let's lock arms in this thing we call life. But how do we make God our top priority? How do we prioritize our partnership with him? Well, Craig Rochelle says that successful people do consistently what other people only do occasionally. And so if you want a different output from your life, it's going to require a different input into your life. And so for the next 10 days, I want to invite you from now until Christmas to prioritize your partnership with God. And here's what I'm simply inviting you to do. The first thing you do when you wake up, set aside time to read one chapter out of the Bible. I would suggest start with the book of Mark if you're not currently reading anything in the Bible. Just open Mark chapter 1, read one chapter. And then set aside 10 minutes. Just talk to God about what you read. Tell him about what's going on in your life and prioritize your partnership for the next 10 days and see what, what difference it makes in your life. You say, man, I'm, not, I'm here. I don't even believe in Jesus. I don't believe in God. That's okay. You're invited too. I double dog dare you to do it. I double dog dare you. It'll make a change. I live with this personal conviction. I believe it's true for us personally. I believe it's true for us as a church that if you pray, things change. If you seek God, he'll be involved in the center of your church, in the center of your life. He will do things if you seek him that he would not otherwise do uh, unless you do seek him. Uh, I'm just convinced of that. To the degree that we seek him, to the degree that we pray, to the degree that we prioritize our partnership with him will be the degree that we see him show up and do what we could never do on our own. He desires relationship with you, not religion from you. Prioritize your partnership for these next 10 days and seek him and see how he shows up. Simeon does this. He was eagerly waiting for the comfort of the Messiah. He prioritized his partnership. Second thing we see is to slow down to the pace of grace. Second fill in the blank there is slow down to the pace of grace. You know, these days they have uh, world records for everything, even things whenever it comes to Christmas. Uh, check this first picture out here. Uh, Guinness Book of World Records. This is the fastest shopping cart in the world. This shopping cart will go 70.4 miles per hour. Some of you need this to get your shopping done in the next couple weeks. 74 miles an hour, 70 point, that's crazy. That's a shopping cart. Uh, this next one here, this woman in the UK, Guinness Book of World Records, uh, she is rewarded for decorating a Christmas tree the fastest in the world. There she is with her tree, that's Sharon, uh, out of the box, up and decorate, decorated in 36.89 seconds. I can't like pull the Christmas lights out in 38.69 seconds. She decorated a tree. Uh, this dude on Jimmy Kimmel, he broke the world record for the most sweaters ever worn. Uh, he's got 24 sweaters on. He's about to put on the 25th sweater. New Guinness Book of World Records. Most Christmas sweaters ever worn by any human being. And I'm just saying, Pat, I think we can break that next year. 26 sweaters right here on stage. <laughs> Come on, Pat. That's awesome. Uh, but, but Christmas, man, we, we can feel like that guy looks. We, we come to the Christmas season and we get, get caught in the hustle of it all. And like, we're like that kid in the Christmas story, like, Mom, I can't put down my arms. And, and then our spouse is like, you're okay, just keep marching. You're good. You're good, right? Uh, but we want more. We want to do more. More gifts, more events, more coordination, more tradition, more family time, more parties, more, more gifts in an already overwhelmed budget, and more, 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 more. And if we're not careful, we'll be so busy trying to make Christmas happen that we'll miss the miracle of Christmas happening to us. So we've got to slow down to the pace of grace. 
And we learn this from Simeon in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 27. It says, That day the Spirit led him to the temple. He followed the Spirit's leading. So when he saw Mary and Joseph, they came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord. As the law required, Simeon was there. He saw it. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He will be a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Simeon had this encounter with Jesus that we all want, this personal one-on-one encounter. He was filled with joy as a result. Mary and Joseph were filled with awe as a result. All because Simeon was there when God wanted him to be there. All because he followed the Spirit's prompting. He slowed down to the pace of grace. One of the most challenging spiritual disciplines I've ever tried to practice or ever heard of Dallas Willard said this, if you want to be mature spiritually, here's what you got to do. You got to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Simeon could have been busy, could have been going through life. It wasn't like the spirit picked him up and carried him to the temple and said, here you go. Jesus is coming. Wait right here. Sometimes I think that's the way we, we perceive things in the Bible to be, but he just had the spirit, spirit just nudged him, hey, I think it's time to go to the temple. And he's like, okay. I, he heard his voice. He responded to the voice. He, he ruthlessly eliminated hurry. He slowed down to the pace of grace. And when Jesus showed up, Simeon was there. C.S. Lewis, a professor of Oxford University, he has a great description in his book, Mere Christianity, of what he perceived a, a follower of Jesus might look like. And here's what he said. He said, they will not be very like the idea of religious people which you have formed from your general reading. They do not draw attention to themselves. You tend to think you are being kind to them when they are really being kind to you. They love you more than other men do, but need you less. They will usually seem to have a lot of time. You will wonder where it comes from. These, these spiritually mature individuals, these followers of Jesus, they, they've just learned to settle their heart. They've learned to slow down to the pace of grace. Life could be a dumpster fire around them, but they got like peace in their soul in the midst of any and every season. So this week, you're going to have the choice. We can operate from a posture of haste, or we can move to the pace of grace. And we each get to choose. And when it comes to haste or grace, choose grace. Spend a little extra time with that individual on that phone call. Be thankful for the cards that you receive in the mail, even though you may not have gotten yours out yet. Accept gifts generously given to you, even when the gift equality is all out of whack. Listen to the music again, even though you've heard it all time and time and time again. You might have a thousand things to do, but don't blow past Christ this Christmas. He is the reason for it all. He's, he has a personal encounter with you that can fill you with joy and awe, but we don't want to miss it. We've got to slow down to the pace of grace. Here's a, a true confession for me. I, uh, I have this sickness in me that every time I go to the grocery store and there are lines, it's a race. No one else around me knows it's a race. No one else knows around that they're participating. 
but it's a very real race nonetheless. And so if I go to Costco, right, uh, there's a long list of lines. So naturally I go to the right because that's this wise thing to do. That's where the lines are the shortest. I size up what's in every individual's cart. I size up the person that is at the, the cash register. Does she have a helper? Is she moving fast? Well, how is this thing playing out, right? And, and then I, I intentionally choose the right line, and then I, I wait with anticipation. I observe everyone around me to make sure that my lane is going the fastest. And then after I check out and they are still in line, I just remind myself I won. I won. <laughs> they, they didn't know it. I just smile. I won, people. Have a good day. Enjoy Costco. This week, I uh, went to Costco uh, with uh, my mom and um, my daughter. And Costco this time of year is not good unless you're heavily medicated. Like, it is just not good to go this time of year, fair warning. But I get to the line and I'm doing my natural thing. We go to the right, like I'm, I'm in the perfect line. I'm like, this line's moving fast. And, and, and then here's what happened. These two ladies have the audacity to come right at the same time. And we have this look like, we both got here at the same time. Like, who's gonna go? Who's gonna go? Who's gonna go? And I remember I was preparing for this. This is not my normal bent. But I took a step back. <sighs> go ahead. Progress, not perfection. <laughs> and they have the same tendency. They're sizing up the line that they're in. And they think the line next to me is faster. So they jump out of my line, go to that line. I'm like, game on, baby, let's go. I'm winning. I'm winning. This week, together, let's make a conscious effort. Slow down to the pace of grace. Let someone go in front of you. This week, maybe for the first time in a long time, driving the right lane instead of weaving in and out of traffic. Perhaps for the next 10 days, you just make the commitment, I'm going to drive the speed limit, but I need a Christmas miracle to do that. That could be a big step. Choose grace, not haste. Make way for God to do a miracle in your life, but we got to slow down to the pace of grace. So we, we partner with God. We make him number one priority, too. We slow down to the pace of grace. And then third and final point, we share your greatest miracle. Share your greatest miracle. Luke chapter 2, verse 34. Then Simeon blessed them. He said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. The word sign there is often translated miracle. It's simply uh, something that, that points to something else, right? It, a miracle is always done in a way that it points to God. Uh, and so in this text, we, it's just a reminder that God, God hears us. God cares for us. He's acting on our behalf. This miracle that he experienced. Sometimes miracles are dramatic. Sometimes miracles are a little bit more, more subtle. But they always are a sign that points to God and what God is up to. When it comes to, to miracles, when it comes to signs, Jesus is ultimately the greatest miracle he is the miracle that makes all other miracles possible. And the more that you celebrate the greatest miracle, the more you share the greatest miracle, the more you make way for a miracle in your life and in the lives of others. 
So throughout this series, we've been inviting you to write two things down. Last week, we had little cards. You can, you can just write them down in your notes. You can take notes in your phone, whatever you want to do. But I want to remind you of this invitation to, number one, be asking God for a miracle in your life personally for the next 10 days. 10 days, what miracle, what, what's something that you need from God? It's something that doesn't have to be huge. Your, your neighbor, the person sitting next to you might not think, man, that's tremendous. That is for sure a divine miracle. But you know that you know that you know. Unless God shows up, unless God does something in your life, it's just not going to happen. And for the next 10 days, I want to invite you every day to be praying for that, that miracle. I also want to invite you in this next 10 days to share the Christmas miracle. Write someone's name down who doesn't know Jesus, someone who, who doesn't have a church family, someone who's, who's far from God, and maybe God will use you to draw them to the greatest miracle of all. Let them know Jesus, to find him and follow him. I think that would be the greatest Christmas miracle of all. Uh, in this Christmas season, we want to make way for a miracle. Uh, we've been talking about uh, some different ways that we can do that. Uh, one of the ways that we can do that is by partnering with uh, this initiative to give hope. Uh, our hope is to give hope uh, to City Team through providing this mobile food pantry and also to help this guy named Jim Yost. Uh, some of you know him, some of you have never heard of him, but he has this tremendous school in Indonesia. And uh, the government's been involved, wants to, to come alongside Jim and say, hey, uh, what are you doing? Because we see so much success in your school. Can you help us? This is the government of Indonesia. Help us to learn how to structure our schools like you are so we can provide great education to everyone in Indonesia. But whenever it comes to these two initiatives, we can provide a miracle. We can be a people. We can be a church that make way for a miracle in this Christmas season. Through partnering with City Team, uh, we can provide food for people who are food insecure right here in the Bay. Uh, you may not know this, but the national average is one in eight people are food insecure. Here in the Bay, one out of four people don't have the necessary food to function on a regular basis. And as the church, we just want to say, not on our watch. We feel like there's something that we can do. We're going to rise up and we're going to do something about it. And you might say, man, that's a lot of money that you guys are trying to raise. And I agree. It, uh, there's a reason I don't sleep well at night. Because I'm like, how are we going to do this, God? You can do it. I don't know how we're going to do it. But here's what is true. Uh, all of us can participate to some level. Uh, for $12.34, you can provide food for a child here in San Jose for an entire month. I've been challenging my kids. You know what? You, you're probably going to get some money this Christmas. How much you, what, what if you provided meal for somebody your age right here in the Bay? What would that look like? We can all do something. Maybe you can provide a meal for a kid for an entire month. Some of you can do much more than that. But here's the cool thing with partnering with local organizations like City Team. We hope to make a $28,000 investment to provide a mobile food pantry. When I met with City Team, they said our problem is not uh, the lack of food. Our problem is the distribution of the food. And so we can turn a $28,000 investment into $380,000 of fresh food provided into our community. So you talk about an ROI, that's a pretty good return on investment. And that's what we hope to do through partnering with them. And you can make way for a miracle in the life of someone right here in San Jose, just like Brenda. Check out her story. I've been coming to the program and helping out for about three months. 
it saves you a couple hundred bucks a month, probably more, but it is a big help. I'm not gonna lie, it's helped us so much in our family. This gives us a little bit of resting on that, uh, and it takes the stress off our back, putting food in the table. It's a big blessing for many families who are struggling just to feed their families. A lot of families live around here, so we walk and we just take it to our home, and, and that's it's, the convenience, it's a big plus for us. City Team brings a lot of healthy uh, food to our pantry. Like, I didn't believe, like, we are getting healthy, fresh food, um, and it makes you want to come back. City Team helped me first, and I want to give back to my community. I noticed that a lot of people from the apartments don't drive, so I decided to partner with the apartment complex and open a pantry there, and it's benefiting a lot of families because a lot of people that live there are two, three families in an apartment. So they're all benefiting and the fact that it's right in front of their doorstep, it's uh, reaching a lot more families. That's awesome. Yeah, we can clap for that. That's good. I love Brenda's store, and there's a lot of other individuals in our community just like Brenda waiting for a church like us to come alongside and make way for a miracle just like she's currently experiencing. But if we're going to make way for a miracle not only in our community but in our lives personally, first thing we've got to do is prioritize our relationship with God, prioritize our partnership with Him. Let's look for ways to, to walk with Him, to keep in step with Him, to watch how He works in our life. Prioritize our partnership with God, not just knowing His Word but actually walking in His his ways. We're going to slow down to the pace of grace. For this coming week, I invite you, double dog dare you, try to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Don't just give presence in this season. Let's be present in this season. And then share your greatest miracle. This Christmas, God is inviting you to be a sign that points the world around you to him. Imagine how many lives will be impacted if each of us choose to make way for a miracle this Christmas. Let's pray. Well, Father, we thank you for your love, for your radical grace. Father, we're blown away that you desire to partner with broken people like me. And God, everyone here, you desire a personal relationship with us, not religion from us. And so we're so thankful for that. So God, would you help me? Would you help all of us to make you our number one priority in life? God, would you help us to take a step back and just slow down to the pace of grace in the midst of a, a busy season and a busy area here in the Bay. God, would you help us to hear your voice and, like Simeon, respond to you. And Father, would you help us to share our greatest miracle? Would you help us, God, to be that sign that points other people to you? And Father, we just thank you for your love and your radical grace today. In Jesus' name, 